Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on a Monday. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. And I hope that you are blessed to join me on this ride that we call a podcast. We got a great show for you. I hope that everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. Had a fun weekend calling a basketball game and watching the SEC Championship simultaneously At the same time, that was nerve-wracking and stressful and everything that goes with sports broadcasting, trying to give score updates during the game. I'll get into that game and I'll also get into the SEC championship because I have a bone to pick with Georgia and I'm going to go on a rant. So get ready, Georgia fans. You're not going to like it. I'm going to talk about the heartbreak of Georgia and where does Georgia go from here after Kirby Smart losing to Nick Saban again for the fourth straight time he blows a lead again. But Georgia has a chance to redeem themselves. They're still in the college football playoff. They will play Michigan in the Orange Bowl. And there's a chance that Georgia could have a rematch against Alabama in the national championship. But don't get your hopes up, Georgia fans. And the Atlanta Falcons once again lose to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 10-0 against the Falcons in his career. The Falcons played a very good first half. Could not get anything going in the second half. And the Buccaneers win the game. And the Atlanta Hawks drop two straight over losing after losing to the Charlotte Hornets. But they have to get right up off the mat because they will travel to Minneapolis today to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I will recap everything that's gone on locally in Columbus as well. Stick around for that. All right, let's get this show started. But first, let's get into this SEC championship because... I hyped this game up all week, and boy, do I look silly. I said that Georgia was going to win. They were a six-point favorite, and all the experts were picking Georgia. But you know what we call in the sports biz? We call this rat poison. The media has been talking down to Alabama, saying that this has been a down year, and the Alabama players fed off that. That's one thing that was great about Alabama. They came into this game with their heads on fire, And the matchup that I wanted to see was the Georgia defensive line going up against the Alabama offensive line. The Alabama offensive line stood their ground. I've never seen a unit that struggled so much in the regular season come up and big when it mattered. First of all, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college football. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So I don't care if you're the 85 Bears, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, or this historic Georgia defense that they had. Bryce Young torched that defense. Because he is a great quarterback. And great quarterbacks make great plays. But the turning point in that game was when Alabama took the 24-17 lead to the go to the half. Bryce Young took it in. And Alabama's going to get the ball to start the second half. They waste no time. Bryce Young throws a bomb to Jamison Williams. Now it's 31-17. 
you just completely took the running game out of Georgia's hand, and Stetson Bennett is not the type of quarterback that can get in with a shootout with another quarterback. That's not his game. So now you just made Georgia one-dimensional. He throws the pick six. Now it's 37-17. to Georgia was moving the ball in Alabama. They scored over 400. They tallied over 430 yards of offense. But Stetson Bennett had a pick in Alabama territory and a pick six. The pick six made it 38-17. to That was your ball game. There was no way that Georgia could recover. And Alabama wins decisively. In the new college football rankings, they are ranked number one. Now, will Alabama win a national championship? Possibly. But if you're a Georgia fan, you have got to be disappointed beyond belief. I know that Georgia's in the college football playoff. They will play Michigan in the Orange Bowl on New Year's Eve. Seriously, this was your shot. This was your shot to beat Bama. Georgia failed to do so. I tell you, I am embarrassed. And I know that Alabama was playing like their heads are on fire. And that extra fuel was added because they were underdogs. And the media said Alabama had no shot. The media said Alabama was underdogs all week. Georgia's going to have to make adjustments. If they get another shot at Alabama, first of all, they're going to have to beat Michigan. If they want to rematch against Alabama in the national championship, I don't think they can win. I think they can make it close again. But Georgia is just not Bama. They're not on the same level. I know that we've talked about how close Georgia was because of all their top five recruiting classes. It has to be psychological. There is something in Kirby Smart's mind that Nick Saban is in his head. But it's not all bad. Some of the positive notes that Georgia had were that they were able to move the ball in Alabama's defense, took the 10-0 lead. Brock Bowers made plays when he could. Burton had some big catches. Stetson Bennett, when he got the run game going, did move the ball down the field. And then Georgia did take the 10-0 lead. However, Alabama on the next possession, there was a blown coverage, and Jameson Williams, with his speed, got past the Georgia defender. Now it's 10-7. So Alabama's going to pin back on defense. What Georgia did not want to do is get into a three and out and punt the ball back to Alabama because now Alabama's offense is rolling. Now Alabama could have easily took a 21-10 lead, but Georgia's defense held them to a field goal. I liked the play where Brock Bowers, he just willed himself into the end zone, strength on strength, and Alabama and Georgia are tied at 17. But Georgia letting Bama back into that game, allowing that touchdown with Bryce Young. Where does Georgia go from here? Kirby Smart is now 0-4 against Nick Saban. So I have a bone to pick with Georgia. They have disappointed me once again. And the, now the narrative is that they cannot win the big game against Alabama. Look, call it what you want. But when the media talks about how great Georgia is for an entire week and Georgia doesn't even show up, whose fault is that? I rewatched this game. How do you leave John Menchie wide open? How do you leave Jamison Williams wide open? That's on the Georgia defense for not doing their job. Hats off to the Alabama offensive line. Georgia's defensive line could not get pressure on Bryce Young. The offense could not overcome the 14-point swing that Alabama put on Georgia by scoring that touchdown at the end of the first half and then getting the ball in the second half and scoring that touchdown to go up 31-17. Georgia could not recover from that. And it's time to put in JT Daniels. I hope Kirby Smart starts JT Daniels against Michigan. Michigan is a very good team. They drubbed Iowa. And it wasn't even close. 42-3. It is their first Big Ten win for the first time since 2004. 2004, they shared the Big Ten title. 
but Michigan is going to play Georgia. And I know Georgia's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but that is going to be an exciting game. I want to see Jim Harbaugh going up against Kirby Smart. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm actually looking forward to Alabama and Cincinnati. I think Alabama played the game of their lives. Maybe they go back to earth and they go back to the team that struggled all year because they are a two-touchdown favorite against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati just plays with a little bit of swagger. They just Maybe they take some risks and they play with a little chip on their shoulder because they feel disrespected. But all the conference games were intriguing. Baylor beats Oklahoma State. I think if Oklahoma State wins that game, Oklahoma State would be in the consideration for the college football playoff. I think they would have been possibly in as a one-loss conference champion over an undefeated Cincinnati. There's a possibility. The fact that Georgia actually got ranked ahead of Cincinnati was interesting. But we also had Pittsburgh beat Wake Forest 45-21, and the Pitt Panthers are going to be going to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to take on Michigan State. Georgia has not beaten Alabama since 2007. You could call it psychological. You could say Alabama is in Georgia's head. But one thing's for sure, Alabama played their best game all season and Georgia played their worst game all season. If these two rematch in the national championship game, I expect a much closer contest. Cincinnati, the first non-Power 5 school to make it into the college football playoff, but they're going to have their hands full because they're going to take on an Alabama team is head and shoulders better than them in every single position, and that's including quarterback. Breaking down some of the New Year's Six Bowl games, we have Pittsburgh and Michigan State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. That's going to be Thursday, December the 30th. We have Oklahoma State taking on Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. Notre Dame was the last team out. They were ranked fifth in the final college football rankings. I'm wondering if them not having a coach factored into it or their loss to Cincinnati. Their quality win over Wisconsin started looking really bad. Then you got the Rose Bowl, Utah taking on Ohio State, and then Baylor taking on Ole Miss. Congratulations to Lane Kiffin for reaching the New Year's Six Bowl in the Sugar Bowl. Baylor won the Big 12 by beating Oklahoma State, and Ole Miss went 10-2. and Their only losses were to Alabama and Auburn. Well, the Miami Hurricanes are going to be in a bowl game at 7-5, and but they're going to do so without their head coach, Manny Diaz, as they are offering a multi-million dollar deal to hire Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal. A good hire. The U needs to get back on track. Just recapping some of the scores from the local teams in Georgia. The FCS playoffs, Kennesaw State was up 31-17 to against ETSU. The Pirates of ETSU made the comeback and beat Kennesaw State to advance to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs, 32-31. to Valdosta State is going to move on in the NCAA Division II playoffs as they beat Bowie State 41-17. to They will take on Colorado Mines next week. All right, Tom Brady owns the Falcons. He's now 10-0 in his career after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Atlanta Falcons 30-17. to And Tampa Bay is now 9-3. The Falcons drop to 5-7. They are in a three-way tie with the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints for last place in the NFC South. I knew from start to finish, once Tampa had the ball, the Falcons could not stop Tom Brady in that offense. Tampa Bay got the early touchdown. Now, the Falcons' run game was very good, 120 yards rushing. Cordell Patterson, he had over 70 yards rushing. They did score a touchdown, but you're not going to match Tom Brady touchdown for touchdown. One thing that really helped the Falcons was that interception by Marlon Davidson from Tom Brady 
to make it 20 to 17. But in the second half, the Falcons had no answer. The Buccaneers defense sacked Matt Ryan five times. And even though he had some good sustainable drives, you had Falcons receivers fumbling. They were getting stuffed. And anytime Matt Ryan got in third long, it was feasting time for that Buccaneers defensive line. So the Falcons dropped this one. They just can't catch a break when it comes to Tom Brady. He owns the Falcons. He is 4-0 as a Buccaneers starter. And the Atlanta Falcons, if they want to make the playoffs, they should have won this game. But the good news is you got other teams like the Minnesota Vikings losing to the Detroit Lions. Lions pick up their first victory of the season by beating the Vikings 29-22. And the Atlanta Falcons will take on the Carolina Panthers next week. Now in two weeks, this game could be very important for the playoff spot as the Atlanta Falcons will take on the San Francisco 49ers. Speaking of the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers dropped a heartbreaker to the Seattle Seahawks 30-23. to And many of you know I am a San Francisco 49ers fan, and this one hurt. First of all, Seattle just plays on another level when they play the 49ers. Russell Wilson playing on another level. Every 49ers Seahawks game is the same. The 49ers get control early, show that they are the more dominant, more physical team. They control the game with the run. And then Seattle gets a turnover that completely flips the momentum in that game. And the 49ers couldn't recover. I admit, when Seattle was about to put the game away, the 49ers get a huge fumble. Jimmy Garoppolo drives all the way to the 7-yard line. And Seattle stops him on 4th down. I still think if they would have tied it, you would have given Russell Wilson too much time on the clock. The 49ers were starting to get cute. They had 12 plays for 95 yards. They went all the way to the Seattle three, but you have first and goal at the Seattle seven, and you could not get a touchdown. I think they just tried a little trickery there, and then the batted down pass by Carlos Dunlap on the fourth and goal, and Seattle wins the game. They're not going to make the playoffs. Seattle is four and eight. The 49ers are six and six. They still control their own destiny. Right now, they would be the number eight seed. The Washington football team has catapulted the 49ers, and they are now the seventh seed as they beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Other scores include the Arizona Cardinals beating the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals are now 10-2 on this season. The Los Angeles Chargers get a big day from Justin Herbert as they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams are in playoff contention. Of course, the Cincinnati Bengals have a big game against the 49ers next week. The Lions get their first victory by beating the Vikings. Mike Glennon leaves the game with a concussion. The Giants lose to the Miami Dolphins 20-9. The Dolphins are the hottest team in football right now. They are 6-7, and seven, and don't look now, but they are in the hunt for the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles, in a backup role by Gardner Minshew, steps in and throws two touchdown passes, and the Eagles beat the New York Jets. Eagles are now 6-7. and seven. They are on the outskirts looking in for the playoffs. They will play the Washington football team next week. I really think that they're going to just beat each other out because they will play the Washington football team the next two contests. All their games left are NFC East opponents, including the first-place Dallas Cowboys. So it's a long shot for the Eagles to make the playoffs, but we shall see. The Indianapolis Colts, they demolish the Houston Texans 31 to nothing. The Colts now have a winning record. They are now 7-6 and six as they're trying to get into the playoffs. The Rams end a three-game losing streak by beating the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars 37-7 at SoFi Stadium. And Odell Beckham Jr. finally gets a touchdown pass thrown to him in the win. So the last two games of the afternoon slots in the primetime slots, 
were the Seahawks and 49ers, which I was watching on the NFL Red Zone, and the Ravens and the Steelers. And that was the nationally televised game. They were going back and forth. The Baltimore Ravens got cute as Lamar Jackson was attempting to tie the game. He decided to go for two, and he missed Mark Andrews wide open. He would have had a walk-in touchdown, or he would have had a walk-in two-point conversion. And the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens, who are now 8-4. and four. And don't look now, but the New England Patriots have the number one seed in the AFC. Of course, they play the Buffalo Bills tomorrow night. The Kansas City Chiefs had no problem with the Denver Broncos. You know, something about playing at home. I know the Broncos had a good record, but the Chiefs get the victory. But right now, they would be the number four seed because the Titans have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So that is going to be interesting. We shall see what goes on there. So they did decide the bowl matchups. And one thing about the holiday season, I love all these bowls. I mean, I know that some people don't care about some of these bowls. But you have Georgia State playing on Christmas against Ball State in the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. But you also have Memphis, who won on their last game of the season to get bowl eligible. On Christmas Eve, we'll take on Hawaii. And then an intriguing bowl is Central Florida taking on Florida. You know, two state teams that that could be a rivalry game for both teams, and maybe they can schedule home-and-home home in the future. If you are a good team, you want to get a bowl game because you get those extra practices. But you have Florida that's going to be in a bowl game. you got LSU that is going to be in a bowl game, and their bowl game is all the way until January the 4th. They will take on Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. You have Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Utah and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. In the Citrus Bowl, you got Iowa and Kentucky. Penn State and Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. That is one of my favorite bowls because one of the winners will get a free Bloomin' Onion from Outback, and then the other team, if they win, they get coconut shrimp from Outback. That is always exciting. I actually prefer the Bloomin' Onion. Oklahoma State will take on Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. You got Central Michigan taking on Boise State in the Arizona Bowl. Washington State taking on Miami in the Sun Bowl. And Wake Forest taking on Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. So Miami has a new coach. It is Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal. And Oklahoma has a new coach. Former defensive coordinator from Clemson, Brent Venables. So the coaching carousel continues. They want to get these new coaches in here because National Signing Day will be on the 15th of December. I will make sure that I have my special show as I break down all the recruiting classes. And that should be fun. The Carolina Panthers fire offensive coordinator Joe Brady after a 5-7 and seven record. Remember, Joe Brady was the offensive genius that resulted in the undefeated historic national championship from LSU, and he elevated Joe Burrow's career. Just didn't quite work out in the NFL under head coach Matt Rule. Turmoil with the injuries to Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and then signing Cam Newton. And Carolina goes into this bye with a new office coordinator. They will take on the Atlanta Falcons next week. So what does that mean for Joe Brady? He's a young coach. He has a bright future. I see him getting an offensive coordinator position in college. Who knows? Maybe Nick Saban will come calling if Bill O'Brien gets a head coaching position, which he will. He's a pretty good offensive coordinator. He's not Steve Sarkeesian, but he's still a pretty good offensive coordinator. So good luck to Joe Brady. 
hopefully he gets something. So last night in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks lost to the Charlotte Hornets, 130 to 127. And now the Hawks have lost two straight. They're 12 and 12 on the season. If the season ended today, they would be the 10th seed that would be in the play-in game that would take on the Philadelphia 76ers. And there's some good teams on the outskirts of the playoffs to include the Knicks, which the Hawks will play on Christmas, and the Toronto Raptors, who I believe have the Rookie of the Year in Scotty Barnes. The NBA is weird, and I cover it on this show because I love basketball. It is important. Sometimes the best team in the league gets beaten by the San Antonio Spurs, and that's what happened to the Golden State Warriors over the weekend. They beat the Suns at home, and then the following night they lose to the Spurs. They still have the best record in the NBA at 19-4. and The Los Angeles Lakers lose to the Clippers, and they're now 12-12. and But right now, the best teams are the Brooklyn Nets, the Chicago Bulls, and the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, who have won the last 9 of 10. They have been on a tear. But there is something wrong with the Hawks. They reached the Eastern Conference Finals last year. The expectations this year was to at least get to the second round. They overexceeded their expectations last year, but now the expectations are for the Hawks to do good. They're on a lot of nationally televised games because of Trey Young. If they want to win a championship, the Hawks need to bring in another superstar. John Collins is not a superstar. Yes, he is a good player. He's an all-star. Clint Capella can be inconsistent at times. Cam Reddish, when he's healthy, can be inconsistent at times. And they are missing DeAndre Hunter. I know I got on this show and I talked about how great of a player DeAndre Hunter has the capability of being, but he is so injury prone. Yes, he's a good two-way player, but they need to get DeAndre Hunter back and they need to get Onyeka Okongru back as well because they don't lose that game to the Sixers Friday night with Joel Embiid going into the paint and scoring at will. The Hawks blew that game and they blew last night's game to the Charlotte Hornets and it is problematic right now. The Hornets didn't even have LaMelo Ball. So the Hawks, they got to regroup. They're 12 and 12. Their next contest will be tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So let's get this victory because it doesn't get any easier. On Friday, they will host the Brooklyn Nets. You know how great we talked about Alabama being great at college football? Well, it carried over to the basketball court on Saturday. The Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team, and I praised them a lot last year, they win over Gonzaga. It was an upset. It was in a tournament in Seattle, and Alabama got the 91-82 victory over the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Alabama is still 7-1 on the season. Some of the other college basketball games around the SEC, Ole Miss upset Memphis. This is the second team in the SEC that has upset Memphis. Tennessee beats Colorado. Auburn beats Yale. Arkansas beats Little Rock. SMU upsets Vanderbilt. And over into the ACC, you had North Carolina beat Georgia Tech. 79-62. Over the weekend, you had Mercer beating Georgia State. So, pretty impressive victory by Mercer. And uh, Wofford beat Kennesaw State 88-62. I'm a big supporter of Kennesaw State basketball. They have dropped two straight, including a contest on Wednesday to Mercer, even though they got the victory over Charleston Southern. But Kennesaw State has not been the same team since they upset Georgia Tech almost 10 years ago. In November of 2010, I attended a game when I was living up in the metro Atlanta area. I was living in Kennesaw. I lived five minutes away from the campus of Kennesaw State University, and I witnessed them upset 
a very talented Georgia Tech team that had Amon Shumpert and Glenn Rice, future NBA stars. And the late Tony Engel was their head coach, and he was a very good coach. He was later fired that season. And Kennesaw State has not recovered. They've had coaches like Lewis Preston, Al Skinner, and now... Amir Abdul-Rahim, which is the brother of Sharif Abdul-Rahim, the longtime Marietta resident, went to Joseph Wheeler High School, won a state title for him, and they just haven't recovered. So I've been a very big criticizer of Kennesaw State basketball. You got your football team right. Kennesaw State reached the second round of the FCS playoffs. Why can't Kennesaw State get a basketball team? And why is it that Markeith Cummings is their best basketball player that they have ever had? He's still playing professionally overseas. He's still playing professionally overseas. But why can't they get a good basketball program, especially since the Atlantic Sun is there for the taking? Belmont left. Mercer has left. You got Lipscomb over there. Liberty came into the conference. They're good. East Tennessee State. I mean, you have some teams that have left the conference, it's there for the taking. Why can't Kennesaw State win the Atlantic Sun and make it to the NCAA tournament? That should be the expectation every year. Now that I moved to Columbus, I'm really getting into Columbus State basketball, and I was listening to the game on 88.3 because I was on my way to the Russell County Central game, and I'll get I'll talk about that in a minute. So I wanted to go to the game. I wanted to check it out. Uh, I get there, and it kind of wishes. I wish that I was a member of the media so I could just get in for free. Uh, the tickets were $10. Uh, the guy said that they only took exact change, and they only take digital tickets. I guess we're living in, in a COVID world where now you have to buy tickets online. And so so I listened to Scotty Miller on 88.5, which I, I keep getting the dial tone wrong when I broadcast, when I advertise their games. And the Columbus State Cougars got a very impressive victory over the 25th ranked team in NCAA Division II, Miles College. And Columbus State is now 7-1 and one on the season. This really is a special team, and I'm glad that they could pack the Lumpkin Center. Their next game is going to be on December the 13th against Clafton University. Their next home game is going to be Monday, December the 20th against Augusta University. This is the 10th ranked team in NCAA Division II. That will be their first Peach Belt Conference game. So come on out to the Lumpkin Center and support your Columbus State Cougars. If you can't make it to the game, you can always listen to Scotty Miller on 88.5 FM. And I can't wait to baseball season as well. I actually went by the Burger King field, and I'm really excited about baseball season. And so many of you know I was the PA announcer for Russell County football and now I'm the PA announcer for Russell County basketball. And I got to tell you, I'm having so much fun doing that. First of all, going to a high school basketball game, it is just intense. And the fan base is excited about their team. They beat Central 58-55. to It was a very close game. Central is their crosstown rival out of Phoenix City. Russell County is in Seal, Alabama, which is also in Russell County. Phoenix City is in Russell County as well. Now, they didn't play each other in football. Maybe someday they will. Central's football team went all the way to the 7A state championship and lost to Thompson, which won their third straight championship game. But their basketball team's pretty good as well. And the Russell County boys basketball team did an outstanding job getting the victory. The students stormed the court. I got excited. 
I actually got to the point where I got up out of my seat and I started announcing the game from the sideline. It was just incredible. The fans were just very supportive. I was congratulating some of the players. You know, they've done a great job and Coach Battle has done a great job with these group of men that are now 5-2. and two. They're having a very good season so far. And they will take on Booker T. Washington this Tuesday night. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. I have four games in a two-week span. I'm looking forward to it. I know that the games were going on at the same time as the SEC Championship. And yes, I was watching the SEC Championship on my phone at the table that I was PA announcing for the game. And I was giving the score updates in the audience. And of course, like when Alabama was up, everybody cheered, you know, because I'm calling games in Alabama. Most of the people are Alabama fans. But if they're Auburn fans, I mean, are they going to really root for Georgia? And I really appreciate the JV, the girls, and the boys team. You know, when I get there about an hour till tip off, the JV boys allow me to shoot with them. You know, I, I used to play basketball, not on the high school team. I used to play intramurals in college. I could shoot. I mean, I'm a pretty good basketball player, but I've never really played X's and O's style of basketball, five on five, full court. I'm 42 years old. My body weary. I can't really do that anymore. And so that was great. I was really glad that they allowed me to do that. And I will talk about high school basketball on this show. We had Harris County take on Troop County. We have Christmas tournaments coming up. I believe Russell County is going to be taking on Spencer and Carver. So that's going to be great. I can't wait for the holiday season as well. I had a special show on Saturday because I really wanted to talk about the SEC Championship. And I also wanted to recap what happened on Friday because it was very significant in the city of Columbus. We had major sporting events three of them to be exact, going on at the same time in Columbus. We had the River Dragons. They were taking on the Port Huron Prowlers. We had Carver taking on Cedartown at Memorial Stadium in the same parking lot as the Civic Center in the semifinals. And Carver gets the 22-21 victory over Cedartown to reach the state championship in Atlanta for the first time since 2007. Carver will take on Benedict out of Savannah, the military prep school, all-boys military prep school in Savannah, and that will be at Center Park Stadium, the home of Georgia State University, 3.30 on Friday. That game should be on TV. If you go to PBS, your local PBS station, you should be able to watch that game. I was able to watch Callaway last year. Unfortunately, Callaway did not make it to the state championship. They lost to Thomasville 31-6. So it will be Thomasville and Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald gets to avenge their loss to Callaway. Good luck to Carver. Let's see if Carver can bring a championship back. So that was a busy Friday night. Columbus State also had a basketball game. And Columbus State has won four straight. They're looking great. The Columbus State Lady Cougars, and I appreciate Coach Hauser and everything he's done for the Lady Cougars, they lost a heartbreaker to West Florida, and they're now 5-3 and three on the season. That was down in a tournament in Pensacola. All right, before I close this show, because on this show I'm breaking records. Now this week I'm going to go to three shows a week. These shows are going to be very informative and they're going to have a lot of information so you don't want to miss it one thing i'd like to do on this show is support 
local podcasters. So if anybody is interested in doing a podcast, inbox me on the Facebook page. We will do a podcast together. I will help you get your podcast off the ground. I was very fortunate and blessed to attend a workshop that was dedicated into doing podcasts and how to make your podcast grow. I also had an interview with a staff member at Anchor, which creates the podcast, and it went very well because I was able to give my opinions and it was a focus group style of interview and I got paid for it. So I'm really fortunate that I'm getting paid to do my podcast. And so if there's anybody interested in being a guest on my podcast, I will return the favor for you and I'd be happy to be a guest on your podcast. Look, I know there's millions of podcasts out there and I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know you have other options, but I do appreciate my audience. My audience is growing. It's almost to the growth size of my audience when I first took off right before the pandemic. My audience was growing because I was going to games at Columbus State and I was networking. I let everybody know in the city of Columbus, I'm doing a podcast that's based on Columbus sports. It's going to have a national sports feel to it, but it's also going to be centered around Columbus sports. Now, we don't have 95.7 ESPN Radio anymore doing local sports. Everything on 95.7 is is national. It's all ESPN Radio. But we do have Sports Visions 92.1. Let me tell you something about these guys. They are very informative. I try calling in as much as I can, but I can never get in. I try calling and I get put on hold for 30 minutes. Now, they're not on a sports talk radio station, but they do have a sports show on that radio station, the Sports Vision. And they've had some many guests, including local Columbus personalities, which I'm trying to network with. In fact, several of them know about my situation and have offered me jobs. So that's something, fingers crossed, that I can get that done because I'm trying to get my name out there and I'm trying to market and hopefully everything works out. All right, we are just weeks away from these major bowl games. And I tell you something, I am looking forward to seeing all the bowl games, the college football playoff. You know, this weekend we have Army-Navy. I will have a special episode talking about the Army-Navy game and what it means to me. Being in the military and being stationed at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, I remember that was a big deal. The Army-Navy game was a big deal when you're deployed. But if you are just an enlisted soldier in the Army, or if you are an enlisted seaman or a petty officer in the Navy, it doesn't really mean anything to you unless you went to West Point or the Naval Academy. I've been to the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. I've talked to some of the midshipmen. I know that the Army-Navy game, they always pan to the fans in the stands, and they always show the cadets and the midshipmen in their uniforms, and it's just a great tradition and I love it. Army's going to a bowl game this year. Navy hasn't really had a great season, but this is one of the biggest rivalries in college football It because it does not matter what the records are. So I, I look forward to the Army-Navy game. And of course, that day I will be calling a Russell County basketball game as they will be taking on Eufaula. That will actually be their first region game. So looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to getting your input about this show and the direction that I would like to see this show go into. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners and all my subscribers who have downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook page. I'm going to do a show on Wednesday. I'm calling a basketball game late Tuesday night. 
I'll try to recap that game. I've posted stuff on my Facebook page about the basketball game because that was amazing. That game against Central with the students storming the court. I miss those days. I didn't go to many basketball games in high school, but I called a lot of games at Freed Harmon. And I missed those last second crazy plays, getting a shot off and winning it at the buzzer. One of the basketball players shot the ball at the buzzer to go up by three at the half, and it was incredible. I get excited when I call these games, and I know I can't hear myself because the crowd is just so loud, but it was just a wonderful feeling, and I'm very blessed that I've had the opportunity to be a public address announcer. I know my dream is to be play-by-play, but we'll see if that happens someday. Thanks again. Talk to you Wednesday, and I hope that everybody enjoys the rest of your day. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.